Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a series of podcasts to help you build your resilience for a better life, both at home and at work. In fact, we're going to help you get your bounce back. There are lots of different subjects, people and tools and techniques across this series, so please feel free to subscribe. Information can be found at personalresilience.com and you can access other goodies and online courses and coaching as well as today's show notes. In the meantime, please enjoy today's podcast. So this morning I'm talking to someone that's incredibly interesting, incredibly inspirational, and someone that I met on a course, and um, we got chatting and the way you do, and I thought it would be really interesting to have a podcast with this person to really discuss some of the um, very interesting techniques and learning points that she um, and gathered together across the course of her professional working life and share them with the, with the wider audience. So today I'm talking to Holly Dickinson. Morning, Holly. Good morning. So, Holly, why don't you tell us what it is you do? Yep, so um, currently I work um, as a recruitment consultant, um, but um, in addition to that, I um, guess I'd say I'm a natural bodybuilder, um, so I do have a real interest in nutrition and training um, and all the different techniques and really everything else that, that goes with that. Interesting. So I, I guess when I think bodybuilder and building, I think of guys. I, I was sort of surprised when we met that there's such an interesting or vibrant scene in female bodybuilding. Yeah, it's becoming more and more popular, um, I guess, for both men and women. Um, but there's been, I guess, over the last few years, nutrition and training and obesity and everything has become a big issue. And people are starting to realise that, that weightlifting doesn't make women huge and very rarely makes men huge unless you put a lot of effort into it. Um, so, yeah, it's just becoming more and more popular. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you lift a couple of weights and you end up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shame. <sighs> so that, that's all my dreams gone then. So, uh, <laughs> so tell me how, how how on earth did you get into this in the first place? Um, I've always been interested in, in like I said, in, in nutrition and, and training and exercise. I've always been active. Um, I did a nutrition degree at uni, and we, we covered off um, all the different like sort of training principles. Um, then I, I actually struggled with my weight myself. Um, coming out of university, I put on a lot of weight at university. So it was for me, it was losing weight. Um, and I started doing that by running. Um, but then, as I'm sure everyone is aware, everybody always reaches a plateau. Um, and I, I guess I did that. So I was looking for a different way or a way to train that was interesting to me and, and would help me overcome that plateau. Um, and just kind of fell into doing weight. Um, but it was a couple of years until I started sort of bodybuilding properly. And it was actually um, a friend of mine who I started training with. He competes and has done for many years um, um, as in bodybuilding competitions and um, saw how sort of I was progressing and enjoying the, the training. So he suggested it. Um, and it took him, I think, just, over, just under a year to convince me to do a competition. Um, and yeah. I guess that's how I got into it. It's his fault, essentially. <laughs> his fault. <laughs> so, um, so you, you told me at the beginning. So you were mentioning there as you you were looking for different ways to exercise. I mean, is that one of the problems with exercise that it it just gets tedious, just gets boring and repetitive? 
Um, no, I think it's not an exercise in general. I think the most important thing is finding something that you do enjoy. So some people do enjoy going out for long runs or going for bike rides and, and things like that. But, but to me, that just as a daily thing or as my exercise routine, it just didn't interest me. So I needed to find something that, that was a bit more varied and I guess provided me with a bit more of a challenge because with my running, I I did, I was training for a half marathon and I injured my knee so couldn't carry on running. And I think I kind of realised my body shape wasn't built for long distance running. Right. Um, right. So, and then it was just finding something else that I enjoyed that was, um, that was good for me and, and, and got me where I want to be. Right. Okay. And so you say you fell into it, but you must have, I mean, were you looking around at that time? I mean, were, were you open to the fact that something different was out there, but you just didn't know perhaps what it was? Well, I, I had some, some personal training myself um, in a gym, in my, my local gym. So I kind of, I joined a gym to do other exercises because obviously I couldn't just go outside and run. So I joined a gym, but was just kind of doing more cardio things running on the treadmill or sort of walking uphill or cross trainer and things like that and started using weights machines and then reached a point where I was getting bored um, and couldn't really think of any routines or things to do. I just did the same thing every day. Um, so I started working with a personal trainer who got me into doing more of the, the I guess you call proper weight lifting, so free weights, um, and then spiralled from there. So, so as someone who loads the gym, what what's a free weight as opposed to a any other sort of weight? Um, so you have the weights machines, um, which are kind of the ones that you potentially sit in and you you push your bar up or pull a bar, yeah. uh, and that's all kind of fixed fixed movement. You can only move them in one motion, um, and you sort of can change the weights on those. Um, and then I, the free weights are more things like the dumbbells when you see people doing dumbbell, you know, the bicep curls and things like that. Right. Okay. So it's a, it's a big step between, in a sense, thinking I'll need to do some exercise because I need to lose some weight through to doing something that's a competition. So is, have you got a competitive nature? Is it, you know, was this inevitable or was this just a sort of, was this a, an outcome of, of or a natural progression with the interest in the subject area? How, how would you... How would you sort of describe the journey that you went on there? Uh, I think I do. I, I do have a competitive nature, um, and I also have not an addictive personality. But I think if I, I always think if I'm going to do something, I, I want to do it properly, and I kind of throw myself um, full on into it. So I can't really do things by half. Um, so I went from, but like I sort of keep saying it things just spiralled. I didn't sort of one day wake up and go to the gym twice a day and it just kind of, I was enjoying it so much that right. I went to the gym every day and then that wasn't enough so then I started going twice a day and then um, noticed the progress in my body and and then thought actually maybe maybe I could do this. And so when you were doing all this exercise and, um, and uh, obviously enjoying it, because that seems to be the key to this, were you thinking about the nutritional aspects or, or did, you, did that come later? Um, I think the nutrition probably came first. Well, I've, I've always, well, in the last few years, I've always had a good diet and I've always eaten well. Um, but I've always sort of played around a bit too much with my diet and never been able to work out what consistently works for me. 
Right. Uh, but when I got into the weightlifting, then you have to start thinking about all all different elements. So what nutrition and when I eat when. So when I eat after training, you've got to start thinking about, right, well, I've got to repair my muscles. Um, so it more comes down to nutrition timing and, and the finer details of what you're eating and when you're eating, um, how much of what you're eating and when you're eating it. It's a, a bit of a minefield, really. Right. And is there a risk... How do I put this, I suppose? Is there a risk you can become overly, overly obsessed with diet and body and body image, as it were? Or is that just part of the natural, you know, tuning your instrument, as it were? Um, I, I guess so, and I've... Um, obviously got to meet a lot of people through doing this and some people do really struggle with it um, especially with sort of when you get to the competition um, you've worked for sort of at least six months and you've been really strict I had sort of three or four months when I didn't really I didn't drink any alcohol and I didn't really have any what you'd call cheat days so I was just on, on my diet sort of pretty much consistently um, and you get into such incredible shape for competitions that then to put in all that work, then people really struggle to, to come out of that and to get happy with their bodies when they're not in competition shape. Um, but I guess the, the, the fine tuning of the diet and having to train twice a day, you do get a bit obsessed, um, which a lot of my uh, family and friends kind of struggled with. Yes. Um, yes. And sort of being able to accept that I didn't, didn't want to go out for a drink or, um, go around with parents and no thanks I don't want a big roast dinner I've bought my little Tupperware of chicken and salad or whatever so I think from the outside people might think that it's quite unhealthy that you don't allow yourself but I for, for me mentally I can't allow myself to cheat or um to to eat anything that I don't want to so I, I feel like if I'd have given in and had that roast dinner just to make them happy then I failed myself because I didn't, I didn't want it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you you're sparking about seventy three thousand ideas as you're chatting away there. Um, <laughs> and the first thing, the first thing that goes through my mind is that uh, boxers are famously between bouts, famously balloon and weight, and mm. and and sort of you know you know live life to excess, and then they get themselves back into shape and you know almost get themselves back under control. Do you think there's a do you think there's a sort of um, wild-eyed roast sort of you know roast dinner person lurking underneath the hood of your psyche in terms of thinking, well, I'm not in the competition now. I need to go and you know go wild. Uh, yeah, completely. Um, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm I competed. My last competition was two, three weeks ago. Uh -huh. So I had oh no, it's not, yes, three weeks ago. So I had two weeks of. Um, being that wild-eyed, roast dinner-eating, wine-drinking person. Right. But it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the um, all-in mentality I've got. If I I struggle to have what everybody talks about in nutrition and training, you've got to have balance. Um, so I, especially with diet, because for me, if I have one biscuit, then I want the whole packet. Oh, I can't. Yes. I, I don't. I don't really see the point in one biscuit because I would rather. I'd rather eat healthily. I, and I've from doing the nutrition and having such a tight diet and such a good diet when I didn't eat anything processed. As soon as I did after my last competition, 
I felt horrendous. Um, I was going to ask you about that because you, you must really, being so self-aware about your body, you must really notice the difference between having a balanced diet and 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 piggery. So, yeah. In what ways? I, in what way is it horrendous? Just when I'm when I'm on my diet and when I'm, I'm eating well, I just have not even just physically, but mentally, I have sort of a mental clarity, and I'm really positive and I'm really happy and I'm really motivated um, and I'm kind of just go 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 I want to do everything and then as soon as I had that that week off when I did, did just let myself eat what I wanted to because I couldn't just have a packet of crisps or a slice of cake I really overindulged and then um, I had I just obviously my weight did balloon because um, your weight kind of rebounds in your body because you've deprived yourself leading up to the competition so much your body's craving those calories so it kind of you put on weight I think it was it's something ridiculous like 20 times faster than the normal person because your body's just not used to it right um and then when I tried to get myself back on track I had a massive sort of sugar come down did you um and sort of had headache um and just was constantly craving sugar like it was a drug yes which of course it is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the third most addictive substance after heroin and cocaine. I read somewhere. Did you? Yeah, I and so I, I, just, I heard that. I think I heard that on your course. And that's really interesting because what you're describing in a funny sort of way, three states, aren't you? You've got like a, a competition state, which mm -hmm. r r runs up to competition. You've got a post-competition state, and then you've got like a normal state, which. I mean, most of us aren't doing the sort of um, that level of um, boom and bust, as it were, in our diets. But, you know, what you're talking about in your normal sort of maintenance plan is relevant to anybody, isn't it? Because what you, what you described was just balanced eating, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at now and, and what I'm playing with. So how many, what do I need to eat to, to now maintain a, a reasonably lean physique and um, but help me with, I guess my off season and, and building muscle ready for my for another competition and making sure that I'm constantly progressing, uh, but not overindulging. But do I'm trying to allow myself some um, some treats, although I don't like that word. Um, but for me, I've just got to plan it and say, okay, well Monday to well I just constantly eat well, and then if I'm going out for dinner, then I'll allow myself to have what I want for that dinner. But then it's back on track. Yes. Interesting. So the other thing that really sparked my interest as you were chatting there is that sort of self-discipline you've built. So could, mm -hmm. you, could you unpack some of that for me? Yeah, so uh, I don't really, it's... Is it something you take for granted, do you think? I don't really know. I just, I think it's because now I know how good I can feel when I eat well and when... I do my training. Um, I guess I just I know what's required, and if I go out and get drunk with my friends, or go out for a big dinner, or just allow myself to eat what I want, then mm. it's I'm not going to get where I want to. And I think the nutrition and the training has really helped me develop um, my my discipline um, that has now gone into other areas of my life. So, so I think so. So, 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 to, so to come to this, so say you've arrived at Sunday lunch, 
and um, and whoever offers it, you, you you know roast beef, Yorkshire puddings, all the trimmings, and you're looking at it and you say no. I mean, how much is that a conscious decision? How much is that is just a pattern or a routine or a habit that you've built up? Or I think, or is, is it a third thing where you, you avoid putting yourself into that position? Um, I did avoid putting myself in that in that position, and I would. Um, I think the hardest place for me is at my parents' house. Right. Um, if I'm going out for a meal, then it's not hard for me at all. I can quite easily say, no, I'll, I'll just have a coffee. I'll come along and sit with you while you're eating, but I'll just have a coffee. But I think it's in certain situations, like my parents' house, where obviously I was brought up. Um, and for me, when I was there, I ate what I wanted and they always had nice food. So to me, I associate being at home with having big roast dinners. Um, so it is, it was hard to start with, to be able to go around to my parents and say, I won't eat that. I've bought my Tupperware. Um, but I think I just always tried to look at the bigger picture and thought, well, this roast dinner might make me happy now, but then that's kind of put me off track. And just that caving in once, or just that saying just this one time probably wouldn't have done my body any damage. It might've even done it good. But for me, mentally it wasn't worth it because then to me it's knocked me mentally off track and I needed to have that be in that rhythm and if I it just yeah I think it's more mental than it is the, the sort of physical eating of it yes someone once, told, someone, someone once told me that the, the, way to, the way to handle this is to always have the same way that you say no so you, you, you develop a sort of rich a pattern of saying no. So it becomes, so in other words, you're almost training people as soon as you go into your, your routine, they understand where you're coming from. Because I think people genuinely don't understand, do they? they don't understand why you wouldn't be doing this. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people say, well, it's, it's only one dinner or it's only one piece of chocolate. Yes. Um, so that's in terms of calories, what one piece of chocolate would be sort of 50 calories, if that. And it's, then they don't see that that then knocked me off course mentally and I've then failed my diet in my head. Yes. And, it's, and, that's, a, and that's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because um, a lot of dieting is about this idea that you, if you get it wrong, you say, well, okay, I got it wrong. Now, now let's get back onto the, let's get back to it rather than saying I've got it wrong. Therefore, now let's go on a seven day binge, you know, in a chocolate factory. And I yeah. suppose as a competitor, you've got to be a lot more disciplined about that. Yeah. So I think for me, leading up to the competition, it wasn't so much I'd go off on a binge, although that has happened. Um, it was more than that I would I'd just really beat myself up about it. And I would, I'd struggle to then get positive and motivated for my gym sessions. People would always say, well, just use that to, to power you through through your training and push harder at training but I would be in such a sort of a negative state when I went training that I couldn't push myself as hard as I could or if I'd been positive. Yes and we're going to come on to the sort of mental game in a minute but um, before we do I'm just interested to see how you transfer that sort of self-discipline that focus into um, a more um, 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 usual work place you said you did recruitment. How does that work? How, how do you use that self-discipline and focus in, in the world of recruitment, for example? So um, I guess one thing I, I learned from doing my nutrition and training is that I like to have a plan. So I will set myself goals um, and make sure I have everything written down. So to me, once something is in writing on a piece of paper, 
I can't not do it because again then it, it that goes to sort of mental failure for me if I've not accomplished something I plan to um so in in my work in my work life I kind of take the same approach so I do write down goals um, and objectives I guess as anybody does but then it's kind of planning and organizing and just I guess it's just the discipline. Ah, the discipline has been the biggest thing. Yeah, because you can have all the plans, all the goals in the world, and I meet lots of people too, but they don't actually do the work that means that they achieve the goal. It's almost like some people think that if you have the plan and the goals, that that's, that's it done. Mm. And I just wonder... I think, go on. Sorry. I think the biggest thing for, for me was obviously the, the training and the nutrition with my sort of, my bodybuilding was leading up to a competition which was, standing on stage in in a bikini so that enough for me was motivation and gave me that extra sort of kick of discipline was that okay well if I don't do this then I'm the one that's going to be embarrassed standing on stage not looking as as good as everybody else um and, and not being the best I can be so the I guess having that to aim for has given me an extra gave me an extra kick up the butt basically um and so that has crossed over into work in that I I guess I've got a mentality anyway that I don't I don't want to let people down um, and I, I don't want to let myself down Good. Um, mm-hmm. so I I do just push myself and I think well if I've got to do this and if I've set myself this goal what would not achieving this mean or, or what would achieving this mean yes um, and where could I be if I if I do push myself and I do achieve this this goal and I think, um, and I think that's really useful and and reinforced by something I think it's very profound. I think you said the words, "It's about being the best I can be," because mm. it's all very well to stand on stage and say, "Well, how do I look compared to other people?" But that's that's a secondary thing. Thinking to well, compared to where I wanted to be, that, that's the that's the secret of it all in a way, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. You kind of hit the nail on the head because I went I went into it thinking. I've got to be better than everybody else. I, I want to win a trophy. Um, if I don't win, then because, like I said earlier, I'm very competitive. So to me, it was I've got to be first, second, or third. Otherwise, to me, it's a, I failed. Yes. Um, and then throughout the process, um, that good old thing of, of enjoying the journey. And because I did two competitions quite close to each other, um, and it's kind of looking back and being able to say, well, I gave that everything I could. And look how far I came. Just think how far I could I could be if I did if I carried on and did another one next year or um, things like that. And you can just you can compare yourself to people in 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 bodybuilding, in at work, in life, and it just it won't get you anywhere because everybody's different. You've all got to sort of set your own goals and do what what makes you happy. And like I said, yeah, be the best be the best you can be. And it's a funny thing, isn't it? In an, in an organisation, I think it's very stark in sport, isn't it? And uh, and in my old world in the arts, because the best you can be isn't necessarily relative to anybody else. Where 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 when you get to work, what you've got is the organisation that has a demand on you to be as 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 good as it wants you to be. And part of the problem there is almost being you wanting to be better than the organisation wants you to be. As, and that's almost as that in fact that's actually probably harder than being worse than the organisation wants you to be. It's actually how do you manage that in in life, isn't it? It's a real problem. Um, how you balance out expectations of yourself and that others might hold from you. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that is because the nutrition and training has um, gone over into, like I said, into my work life and it's now made me want to, to progress and learn and um, develop in every aspect of my life and, and really push myself in in my work life and um, in my career and made me sort of reassess what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, I guess I'm at, at kind of the, mid, the beginning of my career and, and working life and thinking, right, well, what is it that I ultimately want to do and what, what will make me happy and um, what will make, make me sort of get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, as you were going through this, there's sort of three elements to what you talk about. You talk about uh, the training, you talk about the nutrition, but you actually alluded a couple of times to the sort of mental game that you have to um, be aware of. So have you got any sort of tips or techniques that you've used to help you help you with your self-discipline or training or preparation for even um, the, com- the competitions? Uh, yeah, so I, I think... The one thing that I I had to do was, like I said, set myself goals, and that would be daily goals. So, to me, it's kind of, I have to build things up. So, if I've had, I really struggled to get started, um, and I guess now I'm I'm kind of at that stage again with getting started on just being normal um, and not being in competition competition prep. Um, so I have to set myself goals to, to get me started. Um, and then once I've got sort of a week under my belt, then I set myself potentially bigger goals. So I to get myself started, I set, just set myself small goals of um, what sort of, so at the moment is sort of drink four litres of water a day or um, stick to the, my diet plan that I've written myself. Um, and that's all I'll focus on to start with. Um, and then once I've had one or two days of being good, then... I start to think, okay, right, I'm get, getting back into this. And then mentally, it all kind of starts clicking back into place. Um, once I've, I've ticked a couple of boxes of, right, I've done that today, I've done this tomorrow. And um, I don't know, I can't really think what else I do to keep myself disciplined. Well, you've talked a little bit about the sort of mental toughness thing, about how you resist temptation. And that temptation yeah. comes from yourself and from other people. So, um, how do you how do you deal with things like uh, self doubt, uh, worrying about things? What sort of methods might you use there? Um, so that was, I think, potentially that was the hardest part of the competition. Was, um, like I've said, my aim for the second one especially was just to be the best I can be and, and be better than I was in my last competition. Um, but for me, the diet and the training wasn't hard at all. And everybody had always talked about being saying, "Oh, the competition prep diet, you'll be you'll be miserable, you'll be hungry, and all all this." And I really enjoyed it. Um, for me, it was the yeah, it was the constant self doubt. You're not you're not good enough. Um, and I really struggled. Everyone said, "Oh, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to sort of visualize um, getting that trophy," which which I did, and actually probably did help with me and and staying positive but um so that's one of my tools I did some visualization um but I think it was just constantly I did look back quite a bit and look at sort of old pictures and think right well look look how far I have come um I also did some sort of affirmations and things just uh in the mornings to try and 
sort of keep me focused and, and remind me who I am because like I said I did used to be quite overweight so for me it's still hard for me to I think mentally to me I'm I'm still that I'm slightly overweight person from from uni rather than mm. somebody who's now sort of qualified personal trainer and um bodybuilder and yeah I, it's hard for me to sort of see myself as that so I use the affirmations to to remind me I guess that mm. I'm not that person anymore but one of the things I remember you telling me was that you did all those sorts of things but you just sort of just have to get on with it there's an yeah. element where you can spend all that time doing all those things that goes but actually just sort of push on through you have to just do it yeah weather the storm you know get over yourself get on with it i think you know that sort of idea if you want to do this that's the price isn't it so you just have to get on with it yeah yeah so i i think that because i was kind of faffing around before i made the decision to actually compete and i thought well what is what's stopping me yes Uh, with with anything in life i think you've just got to commit and like you said yeah just just get on with it there's what's the worst that can happen i always kind of think well I only get one shot at this life thing, so I might as well give it everything I've got and be the best I can be in kind of all the different elements of my life. Mm. And that's obviously an ongoing kind of thing, trying to, to work out which, which elements I need to work on. But. And that's, that's really interesting as well, that idea that you, you commit to something and you, because, because that's, that, that's back to that best I want to be, because the only person you let down if you don't take you know, go on that journey is yourself. And that's the most important person not to let down, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I've kind of, throughout this, um, like I was saying, with sort of setting myself goals, I've kind of taught myself and I've, I've got to the kind of point where now if I tell myself I'm going to do something or if I, if I want to do something, I can't, I can't back out of that yes. because I, I know how disappointed I would be if I, if I did. Yeah. So for me, if I if I want something, I I get it, or I, at least I ask for it. So if there's um, there's a there's a girl that I wanted to to coach me and mentor me, um, and I just contacted her. What's the worst that could happen? She'd say no. So it's I think in in life, people are too scared of of being rejected, um, and something that I was, and I'm still to have to work on. But something that was I think a big concern for me was that. If I didn't win and if I didn't place, um, that that to me would be rejection. And actually, one of the biggest fears for me was that I'd get up on stage and that people would laugh at me and say, yes. "What what are you doing up there? You're not you're not a bodybuilder. You're not you're not allowed to be on that stage." Mm. And 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 really, I'm guessing now that when you look at the normal day to day hurly burly of working life because you've done what you've done, you can pretty well face any challenge that's been thrown you in, in sort of, I'm doing this sort of bunny ears here, the sort of normal life, the normal working pattern. Yeah, yeah, so I've, I guess I've nailed down having an, a great routine, having to have, have a sort of train twice a day and eat six times a day. So to me now just eating three times a day or going to the gym once um, is a doddle. So yeah, so fitting all of that and planning my, my working day is easy. I was thinking. Um, I think I was thinking more of the rejection thing. Oh right, yeah. So, well, and I think I've always in work. I've always struggled with getting bad feedback, um, and sort of in one to ones. And my managers were always very aware that I was not. 
yeah, I was sensitive, so I didn't I didn't like people to think badly of me um, because I did I always try and do my best, and so if I did get any bad feedback, it really affected me. Yeah. Um, but I've kind of got to the point, and actually, strangely enough, last week I had my one to one with my manager, and I asked her to um, seek feedback and kind of do a three sixty feedback session because I want to see where I can develop and. From last year, I'd have never said that. I'd have never even asked for any feedback. Never mind from sort of the rest of the business. So I think, I think yeah, it has mentally and um, made me tougher. Yes, and 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 you and you've got tougher by doing it because you could have given up at any point, and you could have said, "Oh, I'll just have that Sunday lunch, or I'll I'll not go on stage, or um, I'll I'll duck it, I'll dodge it," and seeing it through is is the difference between a lot of different people, isn't it? Because lots of people might have done what you've done then just given up at the last moment and run away or, or they couldn't take it or didn't have the tools at their disposal. So, I mean, you've got to be, you have to be admired for going through this thing and drawing the learning out the back end of it, haven't you? Thank you. Well, I'm, think... going, I'm going to admire you if you don't admire yourself. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. And you I do, think, I yeah, there's, there's always, I, I don't think I, well, actually, that's a lie. I, I had did think a couple of times throughout it that, had days of I can't do this um what am I doing and then in days when I didn't want to get out of bed and go go to the gym or I didn't want to eat my fish and salad again I wanted a burger um so there really were days when it, it did feel like hell um and I'd just come back from work or my training session and go straight to bed and didn't want to talk to anybody but then you'd wake up the next day and be positive again and be have made, have made progress and then that would kind of spur me on again yeah. And that's a normal part of life, isn't it? The fits and starts thing, isn't it? And it's it's important for people to realise that it's nothing's a straight line from A to A to Z. It's it's a sort of interesting journey, isn't it? I think you know you're using that J, the, the J journey word um, that they use on Strictly all the time is the key, isn't it? You've got to enjoy that journey, otherwise, what's the point of doing it in the first place? I guess. Yeah, and it might seem like a bit of philosophical rubbish, but I think I've kind of got to the point now where life is a journey a horrible cliche type thing to say but um and it's there's never going to be an end point um in anything so with getting to that place where I, I was happy with my body to get on stage I don't then stay like that forever I, I wish I did my body just stayed like that regardless of what I did yeah. but it's then thinking right well now how do I maintain this and improve this it's I think people always um focus on what well, I did focus on one particular point in their life or if I lose 10 pounds I'll be happy but you lose 10 pounds then you've got to maintain that mm. or there will always be something else so it's about doing things I think on every day or mm. having those smaller goals but always thinking that actually um, I'm just going to be constantly now making tweaks to, to my nutrition and my training plan to my work life to, to everything else to my hobbies to to just constantly keep tweaking them and making them better and better all the time this there is no end point. No, I mean, a wise coach of mine once said that life is understanding the journey you're on. That's what life is for. I thought that was quite an interesting way of looking at it. So mm -hmm. there you go. So so what's the future for you, Holly? Where, where, where are you going? Tell me more about the... Because, I mean, you, you, you've done all this stuff. You're such an inspiration, I think, or could be such an inspiration for people. I, I hope you're going to, to do something about that. Yeah, so I think coming through this has, has made me realise and, and like I said how great I felt and, and feel again now um, from 
eating well and having lost all, all that weight I put on at university and um, I've not yo-yoed but my weight has kind of gone up and down um, over the years and I've had times when I've struggled with um, not depression but feeling really down about myself and I, I think that was because of what I was eating and from drinking too much alcohol and, and things like that so um, I've kind of I want to help people, um, essentially, and I think that, that nutrition is and lifestyle is is how is basically the key to happiness, mm. um, and not only happiness but um, preventing disease and things. There's so many um, preventable diseases and so many preventable deaths, uh, yeah. things like chronic heart disease and diabetes and all those sorts of things could yeah. quite easily be prevented if people sort of ate well and sort of lost, maintained a healthy weight and didn't didn't sort of fall for these all these processed foods and things. So I I want to help people. I think educate people um, on how they can do that and how they can sort of feel great and, and optimize their lives. Fantastic. So, uh, is there, are there any plans to do this more formally in, in the future, or what, what are you thinking? Yeah, sorry. So, um, I recently did my personal training qualification, um, which was uh, more for me to start with. So, I just wanted to, to learn more, um, and I thought it would help with my, my bodybuilding. I could sort of write my own routines and things like that. Um, and now I've and I've kind of realised I didn't want to go into personal training because that, although it, it does help people and um, help get me on the track of bodybuilding. Um, I don't think it's a round enough approach. So I want, I'm going to go into, um, and I'm planning to next year start my own business as a, a wellness sort of lifestyle coach. Um, so I want to help people realise that sort of all, all the aspects of your life, so your sleep, your nutrition, how much water you're drinking, your activity levels and things like that have a massive impact on you and your health. Yes. Uh, I'm... And, it, and we both we both know that's so true. And I think you'd be a brilliant coach as well. So if someone wants to get hold of you and perhaps register and get a get, you know get get in um, in contact with you so they can join the program when you start. How how would they do that? Um, so well, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have um, a separate business that I also run as well, um, which is kind of linked into all the. The, the nutrition and health side of things. So um, I work as an Arbonne independent consultant. Um, all their products are um, made without chemicals. Um, so obviously what we put on our body is just as important as what we put in our body. So I make sure that I only use sort of natural ingredients in everything I eat um, and try and only put natural things on my body as well. So I have a Facebook page, um, which is just Holly Dickinson, Arbonne independent consultant. Um, or I also have um, an Instagram account, which is Holly Victoria Fit. Okay, perfect. And a website? Um, yeah, so... Well, we can, we can link to that from our show yeah, notes as well, so that's not a problem. It saves you doing all that huge, long thing. It helps with spellings as well, so... Because um, there are lots of different ways to spell Holly, and I, I can't remember you. Holly with an I or an I or a Y. I can't remember. I can never, never remember. You're a Y. You're a Y. Yeah, good. Well... Holly, that has been absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, I, I really, I really admire what you've done as an individual, and actually, you've done it as an individual whilst holding down a completely manic full-time job. And that doesn't mean you're a superwoman. It just means you, you sort of crack that thing about 
how do you really optimise your resilience and your body and your mental toughness to get what you really want? I think you're an absolute inspiration. Thank you. You're more than welcome. So uh, we're going to, um, hopefully we could even do this again in the future when you've got your practice up and running and maybe share some of the sort of findings you're coming up with people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Hopefully we've got some um, success stories. Yeah, well, I'm, well, we'll even be hopefully. I know there will be. <laughs> Okay, well, you take care, Holly. Thanks very much. Um, and I'm off to, to write in uh, writ large over my walls. The, it's about being the best you can be for yourself because I think that's the, the absolute secret of what you've come to today. Yes, I do as well. Thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found some value. Um, there are lots of other podcasts in this series, lots of different speakers, tools and techniques and subjects. So please subscribe and see what else might be helpful for you. Um, it would be smashing if you could pop across to iTunes and drop us a review. As I said earlier, we've got tons of information on our sites, lots of free goodies, ebooks, webinars and such like, uh, as well as some uh, online courses and specific coaching, sometimes from some of the speakers you've heard on these podcasts. So hope to uh, have your company again on the next edition of Resilience Unraveled. Bye now.